0: It's Carcon Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Carcon Carne.
1: And now here's the star of our show, James Van Asta.
2: All right, so we move on to a guest who has a long history with this podcast. And by long history, he was the first guest to ever appear on car carne his mind is a geek smithsonian he's a writer he's a local media celebrity he's a friend to animals he wrote these these trade paperbacks right here uh he is elliot serrano king of geeks uh where were you bro dude i am so sorry google google
3: alerts let me down big time and uh i feel bad because uh you've never kept me waiting so my apologies <laughs>
2: It's all, I figured it was something. I'm like, Elliot wouldn't stand me up. No, Unless no, they, no. Oh, try, no. I, was, been
3: looking, I had made preparations for the evening. I had planned out, I not only was I going to, I wanted to be on here, but I wanted to have barbecue in front of me to <laughs> eat as we were talking. And then I'm scrambling at the last minute, and then, oops. So, But hey, it's good talking to you, though. I mean, it's been a long, it's been a while, my friend.
2: It is. When I reached out to you, you said, oh, it's been a little bit i've been waiting for this and i thought oh shit it has been 599 episodes
3: like, and it was it the very was the very first one that was you were, the you were first number one i that remember was- when you and i'm sure you've been down uh, the memory lane with this one but um i talk about it all the time to my friends when i talk about car con carne and how it went and the whole setup you had in the car i mean you were legit it was a car where we were eating meat and, um, and that your, your, your buddy who was with you doing a voice, his voiceover work right. as one of us, as you ran out to get a uh, takeout. <laughs> uh
2: uh-huh. I, I, back then, I mean, I have said it a couple times tonight, but so many people start podcasts and they don't get past three months, four months, six months. When you jumped in the car, be honest, you, there's no way you thought this would last seven years. <sighs> I didn't think I would last that long if I was
3: eating like we did that evening. I mean. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, being grounded or doing this from quarantine for the past 13 months was the best thing I could have done for my longevity. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I never ate responsibly on these episodes.
3: No, I remember, I remember a few episodes where you ate okay. I mean, I remember the evening where you were eating all vegan. It was
2: all vegan food. Yeah, but it's not like I was having one or two pieces. I'm eating like full, like full containers. Eat, eat too much of anything. It's too much.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I wasn't eating mild portions. I wasn't Uh, watching my portion control.
3: Well, you know, but isn't that I'm telling you uh, uh, this during this whole uh, pandemic, it's it's either there are two kinds of folks are either the folks who locked down and they got themselves in shape. They got their house in order or there are the folks who did like me, who kind of just like said the hell with it, you know, (laughs) let go. Pandemic rules. I'm telling you, I, I, my, my running line is um, at the end of this pandemic, they're going to call me Mr. Universe because I have been expanding.
2: <laughs> You're like eternity. Uh, yeah. Elliot Serrano, it, this, it's all about timing here. Uh, joining us now on episode number 600 is the original co-host of Carcoon Carney. He is Mike Bratton. Who's just a- I am,
3: and Mike, I'm always talking about you, man
2: let's try that again nope that's weird he's he's here somewhere i see him off screen i swear i'm not i swear i'm not elbowing him out i'm not that's bizarre i don't know why i can't pull him up well we'll keep talking as we figure this out um how is it that i've interviewed a couple guys already tonight who've had captain america shields you're the king of geeks and you don't have a captain america shield
3: you know, it's it's the thing is that you, there you can easily go off that deep end and get everything. Um and on my side, I didn't go in the Captain America direction, but the Superman direction. So if if my Wi-Fi reached into the nerd cave, you'd see my Christopher Reeve autograph over one one Ooh. shoulder, you'd see my Alex Ross Superman on the uh, over the other shoulder and, you know, but Right now, you're just getting my um, Star Wars, my Star Wars uh, sushi platters up there with my um, other and and the
2: booze. You know, uh, how are you feeling about the, the uh, Shang Chi trailer?
3: I like it. I like it. I mean, it's it is what it is. You know, it's Marvel getting on board the kung fu hustle. You know, uh, I, I think
2: we are so overdue for a martial arts movie renaissance. And you would, I'm
3: hoping, you know, my thing was, I saw the Shang Chi Chi
2: trailer, right? Easy for you to say. Right.
3: And I was like, why couldn't we get any of this in Iron
2: Fist? Remember Iron Fist on Netflix? I'm hoping for a full-scale reboot of everything Iron Fist. Or at least
3: bring bring those actors over, but give them better production values. Now, let's start fresh with Iron Fist. i kind of liked it it's it'll you know it's it it was in the same universe it's it's just not mcu
2: i i'm i'm totally on board with charlie cox being brought into the mcu i i thought he was great i thought daredevil was fantastic the other uh, jessica jones and luke cage were okay yeah no i agree i
3: wasn't uh, you know i i love kristen ritter and a lot of stuff but she was not jessica jones for me especially when you look at um the comics and uh, Michael Gatos uh, drew Jessica Jones looking more like a younger um, uh, Julia Roberts. So, eh, you know, but you're right there. Now that they're going to be bringing all that in, I'm looking forward to uh, agent Colson and, um, and, um, um, and, and Julia Louise Dreyfus's character of an, um, the Contessa who, uh, I used to love from the old Nick Fury comics. Sure. Man, that was reaching back. That was really <laughs> reaching back to bring the Contessa, Nick Fury's old flame from the 60s uh, to, to, to make her a character in the MCU. I was uh, I was
2: impressed. Uh, that was the thing about Julia Louis- Louis-Dreyfus's appearance in, in episode five of Falcon. I knew who she was, but it was such a deep pull. People who are watching were like, oh, that's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Should this is this important? Should I care about this? I don't know. I don't know who she is. I
3: mean, you know, she's supposed to be Nick. Well, in the comics, she's Nick Fury's romantic love interest and enemy. So they had they always had that thing going back and forth, back and forth. Um, it's like does she love him or does she want to kill him? You never you could never tell. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, but the it, the dynamic is completely different in the MCU. I do, I don't see uh, Samuel L. Jackson and. And going for a Julia
4: Louis Dreyfus type.
2: No. Uh, speaking of romantic love interest, Mike Braddon joins us.
4: <laughs> Hello. Uh, hey, it's like uh, being back in the car again in the very first one. <laughs> look at this. He is
2: such a show off with his gear.
4: Oh, please. I mean, I just have this microphone and another one up here out of just slightly out of view. I mean, no big deal.
2: He's incredibly well lit, incredibly <laughs> handsome. Uh, but the audio quality, I mean, just I, I'm done. I, I'm going to fold it up right now. There's no point in carrying on.
4: Oh, please. Oh, please, please. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, now, that now, that is influencer level lighting right there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I mean, I kind of sort of do, but I I I don't. Are, are, you? are you
2: are you ring lit? Do you have a do you have a ring light? Yeah,
4: it's but it's just like built into the camera there. Now I can turn it off. I have like everything is on the screen all at once and so that just pff, is like blindingly, you know, white lit in my on my face and then the camera just automatically turns this thing on so I forgot to turn it off. Uh,
2: see, I have to keep my ring light above me because I learned Ooh. when I got one it reflects in my glasses.
4: Yeah, that's the that's the, this so you're seeing like like my entire screen uh you know reflected yeah. off of here. So if you want passwords and stuff just zoom
2: in. Well, I'm going to read you a scary story now.
4: Ooh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mike Bradon, uh, you were the co-host and co-founder of Car Carney 7 years ago. Yes, indeed. I just asked Elliot Serrano, who is our very first guest for episode number 1, mm-hmm. if you ever imagined uh, back when you was in my car back then this podcast making it six months <laughs> alone alone seven years I was surprised we made it downtown honestly but <clears throat> well, well we had the really poor idea out of the gate to record while driving yes <laughs> we, we quickly adjusted to recording while stationary like the, the amount the amount of editing you had to do as a result because there's just too much dead space and oh, waste yeah. of time Oh yeah. And car noise. Like we just
4: had that one microphone that was set in Omni and it just like, you know, tried to record everything
2: in the car. So everything just kind of sounded like this basically. I love this. I love that. I haven't talked to you for a while, Mike, because everything out of your mouth now sounds like a fucking trailer. Just listening (laughs) to you talk, sounds like a live nation commercial. I probably still have a bunch of processing
4: turned on and stuff because I always forget to turn that stuff off. Let me see. Hang on just a second. Hold on. Let's see if this changes anything.
2: Can you can you say Kansas is playing at the McHenry State Fair or McHenry Kansas County Fair? Is
4: playing at the McHenry. Oh, so you took the processing. Yeah, I, I off. turned the processing off. Do you want it back on? It's back on now. Okay. There you go. Hello. Come see Kansas. Come hey. see Kansas. Playing all the hits. Playing all the hits.
2: There. That's great. <laughs> I I gotta be honest. I'm hard. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't I don't
4: think I was ready for that. Serrano was. <laughs> yeah. I should have been prepared. I should have been more prepared, honestly.
3: Uh-huh. We're the gamut here, as far as sound quality, I mean, here I am just working off my computer with no lighting. <laughs> JVO's got his, you know, mood going
2: there. I, I got I to tell you, I'm, I'm wearing this Irish linen shirt that I've had forever. I don't even know if I like this shirt. It's like the lightest weight thing I own. I have no ventilation coming into this office right now. I, I, I'm so warm and uncomfortable. all all i want to do is crack a window but i'm afraid of ambient outside noise
4: i know the feeling i am currently like if if i push my camera ever so slightly over here you'll you'll notice the
2: Wait, we're in the closet
4: yes my i was wondering what all that was i i have it you know well disguised with my big heavy soundproof blanket here but if i roll back the curtain there's like you know bags and like some some dirty bike shorts and shit hanging on the back of the door
2: here so you know You had me in dirty bike shorts. <laughs> I always had you in dirty bike shorts. Though. True enough. Uh, Mike <laughs> Brighton, what are you up to these days? Who you, where can we hear your voice?
4: Um, Nowhere. Not as many places as I wish you would hear it. But, um, hey, if you feel like calling into uh, American Express, apparently I'm doing all of the, like, Amex... Uh, like phone bank stuff. If people still call phones anymore, I don't know. Um, oh, you know?
2: we do. Just It's it's like hate calls because... <laughs> <laughs> just, just to be incensed and enraged by being put on hold for 30 minutes to hear a human voice. <laughs> well, you'll hear a human voice with
4: American Express. It'll just be my human voice that will eventually be run into a computer and turned into like text-to-speech or something like that.
2: Every time I call any kind of customer service, no matter what the product, what the company... The options on the option list are never what I want. <laughs> they'll, they'll give you a choice, like four numbers to press for different things. They never perfectly describe my situation. No. And th- then I get, I get stuck in that time loop where I just keep going back and forth, keep getting sent to the same menus. Mm-hmm. Enraging. raging.
4: My son uh, watches a lot of YouTube, um, much to my chagrin uh, and one of the although one of the people that he watches on YouTube that I like a lot is uh, this guy, Mr. Beast. Are you familiar with this cat? Um Apparently not. No, um I
2: was thinking Hank cool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so Mr. Beast is like this. He's like this mid 20 something multimillionaire thanks to YouTube. And he also happens to be like a philanthropist, which is crazy at his age. Um, and he came up with an idea to um, to create these like fast food chain restaurants that don't exist. So he has like this menu that he's created, and then his idea is to ship it and sell it as a as a concept to um, either like to kind of like those like online only uh, restaurantless kitchen kinds of things, um, or to or to restaurants that don't have, especially during the pandemic, that didn't already have a ready to go like. To go menu or anything, um, and so he would he so basically he would sell this idea and it's like simple it's just like three or four burgers a couple of sandwiches some French fries and like some shitty cookies and stuff like that and um and so uh it's se- it and actually the food's pretty good when it eventually arrives at your door, sometimes an hour, an hour and a half later after you order it because of the nature of the thing. So there's an 800 number to call. And when they invariably got my son's order wrong the last time we ordered from it, I uh, I contacted them and uh, and I tried to get through this this phone bank system. This is all going back to the phone thing that you mentioned. And, um, and, and it was like, all I wanted to do was talk to a human. Yep. And that was never the option. It was always like, press one if this, press two if that. And I was like, Customer service. I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Customer service. Like, uh, is there a problem with your order? Customer service. I was screaming at the phone eventually. And finally, it was like, let me get someone for you. And then, and then I, you know, I got to talk to a human being who had nothing to do with the actual restaurant, it's just some nebulous delivery service. So, anyway, long story about.
2: I hear you and I understand it, uh, Mike Brennan, Thank you for for jumping back on. Of course, I. I, I you know, we we need to catch up. It, this is something I've been wrestling with for the past thirteen months. There are lots of people who I enjoy the company of, who I like talking to. I have not been conversational at all outside of this podcast. Like, I haven't really wanted to have many conversations. Like, I no. have nothing, I've had nothing to say. It's like when you're <laughs> stuck at home, twenty four hours a day, I have nothing new to offer. It's like well, I I watched. You know, this movie on shutter last night i just i i've, I've felt kind of tapped out conversationally I, i've like seen socially. the same
4: episodes of breaking bad like 55
2: times now so yeah. well, I mean, my point is like I, i've had a hard time communicating outside of this podcast mm-hmm. because i I've, I've i lost the will to chat uh but that includes you like I, I feel like i've lost touch with you just not out of disrespect or disinterest i just i i just have not been well, same.
4: Year. I mean, every everybody is in like complete self preservation mode for the last year yeah. and, and change. So you know, it makes complete and total sense. I take no personal offense at it because I barely stay in contact with people when things are good. <laughs> um, so that's, you know, true. that's true. When the world goes, get, other than like sending you random like, oh, the world is ending again, text messages. You know, I I just uh, I I don't I don't really talk that much to people. The pandemic was. Like simultaneously horrific and awful and kind of good for people like me, honestly, because I just am quiet and just stay at home anyway. So, you know, that gives me an excuse to just sort of like, I get to be the hermit I've always wanted to be. I really need to keep the processing on whenever. I I, I,
2: Absolutely. (laughs) All right. I'm going to cut you guys loose. Okay. Elliot, thanks for jumping on. Uh, Great to see you. We'll do it sooner than another 600 episodes next time. (laughs) Counting on it. I promise. Uh, Mikey, we'll talk soon. God bless. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks, guys. All right, Joining me now, uh, uh, what a delightful musician and songwriter he is. He is David from the band Fort Francis. This album right here, oh man, the front page of the modern age. I love this album. I I love all of your stuff. Uh, Fort Francis is a fantastic band. Fantasy of Youth. I I can't get enough of that song off this one.
5: James, it's good to see you, man.
2: Uh, it's great to see you. I, we were having regular coffee dates before uh, yeah, before, before the stand.
5: I miss those. I, I miss those a lot, those too. Uh,
2: Fort Francis has been trickling new songs into 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 the world over the past 12 months.
5: Yeah. Yeah, we have we're um we're staying busy too. We I'd say we're like I'd too. I think in, I think in, in in like two more Studio days. We've been recording. Do you know Shirk Studios in the Ukraine? It's like at Chicago and Ashlands. Do you know? Do you know that spot?
2: I, I'm sure I do, but I not not right now.
5: That's that's where we're um, not right now. You're like, listen, <laughs> this year I don't know anything. I don't know any. Yeah. of this I
2: I don't even know what day it is, David. I, I it, it's all it's all a fucking blur.
5: Uh, but, but we're we're recording there, and um, yeah, I'd say in another two studio days, we'll we'll have a full album recorded and and close to close to mixed. wow, yeah yeah so it's been fun it's it's been kind of it's been kind of crazy like um it's uh mainly been aaron uh oh yeah you met aaron uh he was in the backseat of a car with you uh whatever episode we were on outside of a very delicious taco spot
2: you realize that's my social life now if i don't i only meet people in my car
5: (laughs) which which like
2: i don't go to bars i don't i don't go to parties i just if i want to meet someone it's it's in my car and it's usually mic'd up and there's food
5: yeah. And, and, and it's good that you, you included, it's mic'd up in their food. Cause if you just said, I only, yeah. in my car, it's like, it's kind of creepy. You know? Yeah. A little and bit Matt's of a, as a standalone is a straight, like, uh, but you met, you met Aaron, but, but yeah, so it's been, it, been Aaron and me and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy to, we've been doing the whole like recording with face masks, uh, you know, like while you've been doing this, it's, uh, it's really wild to try to communicate, um, you know, cause so much of, so much of anything that we do including what you do anything we do you know you get like you got to like give the positive sort of reinforcement of smiling and be like that was a great take or that was a good and it's it's really tough to do that so you kind of have to like remind people like that was awesome that was like so good i'm really happy yeah. <laughs> um,
2: 100%
5: yeah yeah but it's been really fun and and i'm really really psyched about about the new stuff
2: well in the meantime i do re- strongly recommend this album and I have fallen so hard back into vinyl collecting, and just love physical media, especially yeah. over the past thirteen months. Uh, I, so colored vinyl, I'm all in.
5: Well, we wouldn't have made that without without you. We we did that at Smash Plastic, which was your which was your uh, your reference. Those guys are awesome. I'm excited to those guys are away.
2: awesome. I, I actually I should have invited them on the show tonight too. Um, but it blew my mind when I first started talking to those guys to realize that they're the only ones making vinyl in the state of Illinois.
5: Yeah, it's really wild. Like it's, it's, and, and, you know, their, their, uh, their space too is ultimately quite small for Mm -hmm. being the only one in the state, also in, in, in Chicago. Um, they do a great job. Um, they're, I think they're going to be, they're going to be busy for a long time.
2: (laughs) Yeah. David, one thing I, I like about your band, there's, there's a certain wisdom, there's an old soul behind these songs i mean you're a young dude but I, I i feel like you've already been around this planet and universe once or twice before
5: <laughs> well i appreciate that i got a lot of places to go but i'm glad i'm glad that that becomes a thing in our songs
2: so what, what did you grow up listening to
5: what you know honestly my i i, I grew up like like really loving like the Michael Jackson <laughs> and the Jackson Five, like that was my thing. Like, like through elementary school, I like in this is my thing. Like the first thing I ever record or uh, performed, like my first, my first um, on the stage experience was dancing. I did the I learned the moonwalk, and I did. In second grade, I did Smooth Criminal. In third grade, I did Black or White. Maybe fourth grade, I did Billy Jean. I, I was doing. I was constantly doing uh i was doing i was i was listening to michael jackson and then yeah and then like growing and then and then when i actually developed like like kind of like rock musical sense i was a huge nirvana guy Mm -hmm. and uh big beatles guy and and also really really into dylan
2: okay there it is in my head i'm like well maybe he grew up listening to tom waits and warren Zevon. But there it is, the-
5: man. Well, the, well, I, I, it's great. You meant like n- not enough people mention Warren Zevon in their first breath of like, what did you listen to? <laughs> I, like they don't. And I love Warren Zevon. Like, um, uh, actually, the the night before I graduated college, um, I went, uh, I went out with like my senior like seminar professor, and we did shots of tequila and sang "Werewolves of London." Karaoke, I love, Z- and that's like the Zevon staple. But um, I have a really good friend. I'm actually going to send you this book, who wrote a, a book solely about like Warren Zevon's impact on on rock music. And oh, I'd love you know, to read that. He dug really deep. Like interviewed Warren's family and all. Like I was, I've always been a Warren Zevon fan. I think the wind, it's the wind, right? That's the that's the record he recorded. I think it's the name of it before he like right before he died. Like I think. I think so It's it's I love that record. And, and, and I, I like that, too, because like he was, you know, he, he was diagnosed with a terminal illness and he was like, what am I going to do? I'm just I'm just going to write a bunch of songs and make an album. And it's so good. Um, I'm going to send you that book. Awesome. Uh, it's really, really good.
2: All right, David from Fort Francis. The most recent album is this one right here, the front page of the modern age. There's more music to come. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of your music and I I, I love our conversations.
5: Yeah, man. and congrats on 600 shows. I, I'm honored to be a small part of them.
2: Well, thank you. And you were a previous guest on episodes 225 and 349. Nice. For those keeping track at home. Brilliant. Uh huh. All right, David, I'll talk to you soon.
5: All right, take it easy, man. Thank, thank you. You.
2: It is Carcon carne episode number six hundred. Night of a thousand stars, or at least like twenty five. Night of one thousand stars, sponsored by our friends at Siren Records, Mick Henry, uh, where I will be this weekend. Uh, for a lot of reasons, I love going there. They're they're curators. This is something that 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 just bugs me in life. We don't know who the the curators are. Everything is sent to us and delivered algorithmically. Computers tell us what we might like. I miss human curation. I miss a, a trusted voice saying, Oh, you like this? You're going to dig this. That's what Siren Records is to me. I can walk in there and say, Hey, I just heard this song. And they'll say, Oh, but have you heard this band from Belgium or this band from Oklahoma? You'll like that too. I love in person, real, honest God curation. And uh, they're great at it. It's just, it's like going to see friends every time I go to Siren Records, McHenry. Speaking of friends, it's Amy Guth.
6: Hey, Amy Guth. How are you?
2: Look, you've got a totally pro setup, which doesn't (laughs) surprise me, as you are a professional broadcaster and podcaster hosting the Daily Gist for Crane's Chicago Business.
6: That's right. I've been sitting right here doing that for a year, (laughs) right here in this seat.
2: Uh, It's a very natural fit for you.
6: Well, I mean, I got to say, like moving everything, moving broadcast to my house has changed my life because I got hours of my day back instead of like popping right. from one place to the to the next and doing all these different jobs. I'm like, oh, I can do lots of things now. I can work on all kinds of stuff. So,
2: yeah. yeah. When, when I realized I could record radio shows or do radio shows from home, my, my thought was, well, should I laugh all the way to the bank or should I stop halfway <laughs> through?
6: <laughs> Not quite there yet, but yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, an earlier iteration of that. Yeah, it's, I so- mean- we've adapted and it's been an interesting year. And I think we've all learned a lot of stuff. I don't know. When I hear people say, everyone's so eager to get back into the office. I'm like, are we, yeah, I don't know. There are a lot of things
2: I'm not necessarily in a rush to do. I, I said this earlier. I don't want to shake any hands anymore. No, it was kind of, That was always kind of gross. Yeah. That's something that can, that can stay in the old world.
6: For sure. That stays in the before time. The other thing is I was just saying this the other day. I don't, no, I can't picture like a future time that I won't be carrying a mask with me. Right. Like I can't imagine being on the L at five o'clock and having a stranger this close to my face and not being like Meep. totally covered.
2: Although there is that thing. I, I was having a conversation, an in-person conversation with someone today, and I was, just, I was trying to be a good, attentive listener, and I was smiling a lot as I was listening. And I realized, oh, these smiles are, are just, they're wasted. Yeah. Because the person I'm talking to doesn't realize I'm smiling at him. I know. Because because they missed.
6: I have one mask in particular that I think my cheeks, like, I think you can tell when I smile. Because what I do is when I walk by a dog, I don't care who's walking the dog. I just smile at the dog like, hey, buddy. And I think there's one, yeah, there's one mask that I have because I have quite a collection now. Um, But one in particular, one mask, people are always like, isn't this dog cute? The other one's just like, weirdo, get away from my dog.
2: Uh, my problem with the masks, I, I don't know if I have an unusually wide head. Every mask I own pulls my ears forward.
6: Yeah, me too.
2: <laughs> and I, I can't move past it. I, I need them to be more stretchy or pliable or something. Cause I, I feel like I, I look, look like Dumbo every time I'm out in public.
6: Well, you got to make this little adapter. It's like a piece of elastic with a button on each edge and you don't put the mask on your ear. You put it on the button. So you buy like a little, it's headgear for masks is what it is, but it's, very effective, and it because my ears were going forward too, and I was like, "That's not a good look for me. I don't want
2: to do the, that." The thing is, I probably didn't research do do much research because I kept thinking, "Well, this is going to end at some point." I, I don't. If you commit to doing that, well, that's just accepting that this is our fate forever. Like, I'm, I'm not going to buy the extended gear. I'm not going. to, I'm not going to go that way. <laughs> thing, things will reset at some point. Everything will be fine. So, it, when I've seen you on social media lately, it, it seems you've been super active on the yoga front. Like. Are you, are you, you we haven't talked for a while. Are you an instructor now? What's going on with that?
6: I am. So, I mean, the shortest possible version of a very long story is that in 2004, when I was in a very bad car crash, I was basically like given a cane and crutches and lots of drugs and sent on my way. I never filled that prescription. It turned out it was opioids. I'm glad I did not. Um, and really was very broken. And eventually a neighbor of mine suggested I go to a yoga class. And I was thinking yoga in terms of being a pretzel and that's not gonna work for me. And instead it was a restorative class and it was very meaningful and I got a lot out of it. And the instructor was like, stop doing, just, I need you to lay down and just rest. And she put like rolled towels underneath me and I woke up two hours later and she was just sitting there, the class was long gone. And she was like, you just seem like your body needed rest. So I need you to come back every day I'm not going to charge you a cent, just come back and be here. And she helped me so much in a way that in ways that like Western traditional medical you know options didn't. And I decided right then and there that eventually I'm going to get the credential and become a yoga instructor because not to make a career change, but because I want to be that person for somebody who comes into my class needing that. And so yeah, I I am a yoga instructor and I teach a couple classes a week and it's lovely. And I think people go, how do you do that? And also journalism. And I'm like, I do I do journalism because of that. Because <laughs> otherwise it would be like a really stabby time to be in journalism, <laughs> truly.
2: I, I was talking about this with um, a few people tonight, but I, I think there are a lot of things we've learned or done over the past 13 months that are worth taking with us yeah. to, to the future. For sure. I, like it wasn't all bad over 13 months. I think we learned to do things in cool or different or innovative ways is there anything i mean besides being able to do your radio or podcast show from home what what will you take with into the the post vax era
6: well i mean i had a chaotic childhood so actually chaotic stuff is where i'm like a viking right? so i'm like all good in that like oh i know how to keep myself safe and sane in this um i think the level of autonomy that i felt has been huge huge i'm taking that with me for sure right have a little more control over my day and able to tackle things that have been on my to-do list a long time because of just like time, things like were flying by so quickly. And, And I think the past couple of years went by so fast. I think honestly had the pandemic, not that I'm grateful for the pandemic, but had it not happened, I don't know how much more I had in me. I think I was like really running out of steam in a big way and trying so hard to just like move the needle and move things forward. In, in a way that I wasn't able to do and because I was absolutely wiped. So I think what I'm taking with me is a little bit of a wake up call and a little bit of a like, hey, when you have a sense of autonomy and you have a little more control in your day, you do things like, you know, rest. <laughs> you do things like sit down and think about the answer instead of like always running on reaction. <laughs> you know, so I think that's even the bigger thing that we're, I think a lot of us got a chance to think about what we wanted to put out in the world and not just be in a constant state of reaction. And I think that's been really big. What about you? Same question. Right back at
2: you. See the, your answer is so much better. I don't even want to follow that up. Come on. I no. I mean, for me, it's just the idea that there are no hard and fast rules of how to do shit. Yeah. I, I mean, looking at this podcast as an example, I did it in my car for six years. It doesn't have to be in a car. Yeah. It's in okay. the name, but, you can try different things. There, there are no sacred cows. That's right. So, I mean, mine, mine is far less, I don't know, enlightened than yours, I guess, but.
6: No, I don't, I don't agree. I think that the permission to be experimental is extremely enlightened and extremely huge. I feel like the stakes were so high on everything. No one was allowed to make a freaking mistake before the pandemic. And now we're like, yeah, I'm going to teach, teach a yoga class on Zoom. And if the internet craps out for a minute, everybody be cool. I'll be right back, you know? Right. Like Nobody right. had that kind of grace pre-pandemic at all. And even, I mean, I was thinking about the other day, remember when the guy was on the BBC and his kid came in the room and then yeah. the other kid came in the room and then the wife comes in with like her pants down? That was such a big scandal. And now, like, that's every Zoom you're on, right? Some naked every kids right through the background or like oh. a cat showing you his asshole or something's happening, right? Like, it's made us so much more human because like you could be a big bully at work and be super intimidating with like really fancy suits and whatever. But like, if your cat is showing me his butt and your toddler is trying to pee on the floor behind you, you're not such a tough guy. And we have to deal with each other as human beings. I think that's, that's
2: huge. That's the huge. equalizer right there.
6: <laughs> Naked toddlers.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Amy, uh, thank you for doing this. Always a
6: pleasure. Anything for you. All right. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Absolutely.
2: Amy Guth, everybody, episode six hundred. Uh, moving on to a perennial favorite here on Karakun Karne. He is your mom's friend. He is her Rosen of liars club. I, you know, I I made it two and a half hours without a mom joke, and here we are.
1: Uh, yeah, I came up with very little. I, I was like, I was trying. I'm in Louisville in uh in an Airbnb. And, uh, it's, we're down, it's my girlfriend's birthday tomorrow and we're down here doing like distillery tours and we're going to Churchill Downs to see the horse races tomorrow just for something to do because we're vaccinated and we're like, okay, we got in the car and we went. So I'm in Airbnb trying to, <laughs> trying to t- take a nap because we've been drinking at distillery since like nine thirty this morning. And, uh, and then I'm like, I don't know what to put for my name, but that's, that's what you get. Your mom's friend. Who do you got there? Uh, I'm doing Buckley, this on my phone. Obviously, too, right? eight shins.
2: Uh, de- no, you, you look, you look spelt. Dennis Buckley of 88 fingers. Okay. Louis says, "This man is sex." That's the comment we're currently displaying. This man
1: is. sex. <laughs> hey, oh, hi Dennis, with one S and one N. Um, but uh, how are you? And congratulations! I, I thought hey. maybe you'd hold out for 666, but that's almost as bad as the mom joke. So. I don't know. <laughs> it is.
2: You're unusually loud, but that's fine.
1: I, I don't. Okay. Even don't for me.
2: Even, even for even for Herb, right. you're a little loud, but that's that's fine. But you bring up a good point. Six hundred sixty-six should be something awesome. Like I don't know yeah. if I should talk to the Church of Satan for that one, or like if I should like go all in and try to get like John Carpenter or like something cool for six sixty-six.
1: That would be pretty cool. It, John Carpenter would be super cool, and just have him play music. No interview, just have him play. Like I, all, I know, love did a couple live shows. He does all that wild like synth stuff. It's pretty cool.
2: Uh, his uh, lost themes albums are awesome. Like yeah. his movie themes that weren't in movies. Uh, those are great. Exactly. I, 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 I I will stand on record, man. That Escape from New York soundtrack is the gold standard amazing. for movie soundtracks.
1: Yeah, amazing. Absolutely. The last time on um, this is like probably a decade or so again. Now I was in New Orleans, and uh, Jay Younger, who was like the original guitar player of "Writes the Accused," he he was living in New Orleans at the time. I went and visited him, and I, and we met at some bar, a Christmas club, and I was like, "What? Uh, you know, what are you working on?" And I like goes, "He goes, I'm remixing." Uh, I'm remixing soundtracks from 80s horror movies and putting them on like double vinyl, you know, splatter, purple, colored vinyl. And he was working on the soundtrack from Chud. Do you remember Chud? Cannibalistic C-H-A-B. humanoid. C-H-A-B.
2: Yeah. yeah. Cannibal, it's- humanoid, underground dwellers. Sag,
1: yes, exactly. I was like, I'm like, wow, that's way cooler than anything I'm doing. I was like, all right.
2: <laughs> well, the, the soundtrack market, I, there's Waxworks. Uh, Mondo yeah. they're doing all those reissues like I, I just uh, spent like $45 yeah, on, like, on, on the, the uh, Rob Zombie movie the uh, Lords of Salem
1: I'm Sure. well yeah it's like a nerd there's a nerd niche of a nerd niche of a nerd niche for that that's Well,
2: good with, stuff. with so many labels and so many people pressing vinyl now you kind of need a hook you need to if you're, if you're an independent label you need to have something you need to offer something different to the world
1: yeah I agree I agree. Here's here's my record again. You know.
2: <laughs> so how's everything going at Liars Club? And you guys have been fighting the good fight throughout the past thirteen months. Yeah, it's been hard.
1: Yeah, we um, you know, we uh, we did like over the summer. We did the Barracuda Bar out back, and uh, you know, just we're squeaking by. I think we're going to get a little bit of government help this next round of stuff. Uh, it looks like, so that could be cool. And we're actually, we're doing 50, right now we're doing 50% inside till 1am. That's what they're allowing us, and that's what we're doing. And everybody's been pretty well behaved. You know, once in a while you, you have to remind someone, hey, ding dong, put on your mask, whatever, but it's been pretty good. <laughs> ding, and, dong.
2: Ding, oh, ding dong, that's a great, great insult. Oh yeah,
1: that's a good well, you know, I'm, I'm keeping it clean for the kids <laughs> that nice. aren't watching at all. No. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, and we've been squeaking by on that and it's been pretty cool. And most of our crew, like most of my staff is vaccinated now. So that's really cool. Cause I don't have to worry about them or myself. Yeah. We just have to worry about customers. And, yeah. uh, the, actually we, and this year we actually got the permits for out back and we're opening, we're, we're shooting for May Day this Saturday. We're doing May Day Barracuda bar, bar reopening. So that should be good. And, uh, there's a lot of rules out back, which is weird because we're outside. There's almost more rules outside than there is inside the way this works, but it's gonna be fun and uh come on down. And come on down and drink in an alley. It's really romantic. <laughs> which I mean that that's like Peak Liars Club right there. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. It's the antithesis of liars club. Drinking during the day, outside. I'm like it's it's the polar opposite. But people, especially like our old customers who are old, well, I mean as old as me, but so that don't come out as much at night. Love it. Like I mean, the, we're getting all these old school people back during the day or early evening drinking outside. So it's. Well, cool. I,
2: I just love how this speeds up the process. Usually, after a night of liars, uh, night at liars club, you end up in an alley this just speaks oh, the process yeah. up. You, you
1: start start in the alley. Just exactly. cut out the middleman. <laughs> right. From the alley from the alley to the gutter. I think <laughs> is, is what we're looking for on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Liar's Club is it's the the coolest place in town. We love having you on Herb. Thank you for uh shouldering hey, an entire show by yourself a couple months ago you, you
1: That was hosted- fun. That was fun. I, we, for a minute, we entertained the fact that that was really going to take off my podcast career. And then Lucas let me keep that fancy podcast mic. And we were down in the office last week. He goes, uh, are you using that? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, I used it one other time. But since you're a podcaster now, you're welcome to have That's it right. back. He, he, but uh, but you know, thank podcast. you for everything. You know, always being cool and keeping things fun. And it's, it's cool. 600 shows and every night. And yeah, it's a good thing, man. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks, everyone. And I do want to say before you go, uh, that yeah. live stream you did, the the Katie's kids live stream, yeah. that, that was one of the most solidly entertaining, well produced moments of the past thirteen months. I loved it, and hey, I thank I, you I watched so it. Much.
1: I, I was. We had so much fun doing it that I was because I was kind of like, oh, you know, there's no audience, blah blah blah. I mean, that was like the funnest, hands down, the funnest night of the winter, if not the last year or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I loved but it. Thank and, you. As it was,
2: as it was happening, I was texting uh, tonight's producer, Georgio Reyes, who I work with, and other people saying, "Oh shit, Liars Club figured it out. We're doing everything wrong with live live streams because it was it was just really creative <laughs> is- and engaging, and I loved it. So nice job with well, that."
1: Th- thank you so much. We're hopefully we're going to do we did one for my birthday that we had some technical difficulties, but it was a similar format, and we've got some other stuff coming up. And even when we're open, we're going to start live streaming shows for people that are uh, still aren't comfortable coming out. I love that. Uh, so. Look for that in the future. Awesome, all man. Right. Have fun in Louisville. Thanks. We're going to go drink bourbon in Louisville.
2: There you go. Talk to you later. That man is all charisma. He is like 10 pounds of charisma in a five-pound bag. That is Herb from Liars Club. Always great to see him. This right here is episode 600 of Car Con Carne. It is Night of a Thousand Stars, and we go now to an old friend. It is Dan Wade. Nice to see you, Dan. Hey, James. What's up? Dan is a solo musician. Yeah, you may also remember him from this band right here, Treaty of Paris. Uh, we were supposed to do a Carcun Carne episode together. Uh, first of all, you were on Carcun Carne back when I did the Taste of Chicago yeah. live, live Remote episode 67. Uh, we were supposed to do a podcast uh, around the Treaty of Paris show at Cobra yeah, at the end of 2019. I was sicker than I've ever been in my entire life that week. and I remember it kills me to this day that I had to cancel. I don't think it was COVID, but oh my God, I was laid out for like a week and a half and it was right before COVID hit. So it probably wasn't, but like, I remember like shortness of breath, 102 degree fever for seven days in a row. Like I was delirious. And I kept thinking up until w- when we were supposed to record, I can do this. I, I, I we, we can make this happen. I, I can do the Treaty of Paris thing.
7: I and, remember that. Yeah. You, you. I think it was like the day of the show. And then finally you texted me and you were like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm near death.
2: <laughs> and I, I hate canceling stuff like that. And it, of course, it's not like Treaty of Paris plays every weekend. It was like a rare and wonderful thing. It was like Brigadoon reappearing. I don't want to miss that. That's a, it's, <laughs> a big event uh but anyways it's great to see you now great to catch up now um, you just played a show at fitzgerald's
7: yeah i play with a new uh group of friends uh we were calling ourselves punk his dad
2: <laughs> because you're all you all have hits of gray hair and beards and we're at that stage of life now
7: yeah yeah that's the idea you know and it's uh i think in a lot of our our friends you know they want to go hang out on patios and see live music versus, uh, well, I mean going to see live music and venues is not something you can do right now, but you know, when the, uh, when the, uh, pandemic is officially, uh, over whenever that may be, uh, you know, I think a lot of our friends like idea of going to see a daytime matinee outdoor oh, yeah. show on the patio hearing all their favorites, you know, maybe they can bring their kids and stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we did that, uh, it was um, a couple weekends ago, and it went great. We're hoping to come back sometime this summer.
2: How did it feel to play?
7: It was life affirming, exhilarating. It was just great, you know. Um, we slipped a Nirvana cover into the set, and uh, I think it was it was the most fun I've had playing in years.
2: <laughs> That's I, I, I was it the AM Taxi release show I saw you open.
7: Yeah, that was, that was, I think the last time that my, my band played, uh, with, you know, playing my, my, my solo stuff. Um, that was the last time that we had a full band gig and, you know, once the pandemic hit, I was really kicking myself that, uh, we didn't play more, uh, over the, you know, over 2019, but yeah. Um,
2: cause I, I love that show. I thought you guys were great.
7: Thank you. Yeah. That was a really, really fun one. Um, yeah, that was right around the time that I started working on some new music. And, uh, you know, I had a whole lot of time over the past year to uh, get some new songs going. So I'm looking to release uh, the first of a few singles um, sometime over the next month or two.
2: And I, one thing that you, we all know you as a musician, you're also a tremendous graphic designer. I love your your visual style and sensibility. You are the visual force behind Riot Fest. And I know you can't talk about anything related to Riot Fest other than the fact that it's happening. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's happening this year. It's happening next year. Details are forthcoming. I'm not going to press you because it's not worth it. Because I'm not going to get anything out of you.
7: <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, Riot Fest is. Uh, you know what I can tell you is that we're we're very busy and we're plugging away, uh, working on, um, you know, all things 2021 and. Now, also working on some 2022 stuff, uh, which has all been announced. So, I'm not, you know, (laughs) I'm not saying anything that's going to get me fired or anything.
2: And and did I read this correctly? You all stayed on during the pandemic?
7: Yeah. Yeah. um, That's that's fucking uh, awesome. Our boss kept us all employed. I mean, we were were actually very busy. We did a bunch of live streams. we did a, a couple of merch drops, tons of contests. We did a uh, like a coloring book and activity book, uh, you know, just a bunch of fun, like you know, everybody stuck at home, quarantine type of content. Um, so yeah, we are we stayed very busy and we also stayed uh, employed, which I know we're all super grateful for.
2: Yeah, it's no mean feat. I mean, a lot of us this time last year. Uh, All careers, all industries were wondering, uh, is the other shoe going to drop? Am I right? Is this what I'm going to be dealing with? Is unemployment my reality for the foreseeable future? So that's pretty
7: every every day. Every day I woke up like, okay, this is going to be the day I get that email. And Uh thankfully, it did not happen.
2: (laughs) I love it. Well, my, my love and adoration for Riot Fest is no different from everyone else's. It's Mike posted something about Riot Fest return and he summarized it in exactly the way I would have summarized it, basically talking about how it's all different generations coming together, going stage to stage. I mean, one of the biggest thrills I had at the last ride fest in 2019 was going there with my teenage son and bouncing from stage to stage with him and turning him on to artists and him saying, Oh, you should check out this band that I like. I mean, that's the vibe. Yeah. that,
7: That is the best part about it for sure.
2: It's just people who like cool music getting together. All yeah. ages, it's it's awesome, and it, we can't wait for its return. I can't wait to see what what merch is in store.
7: <laughs> that that is my favorite part of the job by far is designing merch, and we we have a joke in the creative department. Like if it if we finish a design and we all look at it and say that's so stupid, then we know we did something good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sold. We'll be lining up to buy it.
7: Yeah.
2: All right, Dan Wade. Thank you for doing this. Great to see you again, and I, I can't wait to see you out, out in the world. Sooner than later.
7: You too, James. It was a blast, and I'll talk to you soon.
2: You got it. Later, man. Carcon carne episode. Wait, hang on. I've got to bring my producer, Giorgio Reyes, on. Only because he has the coolest dog. How's Bowser doing? Oh. <laughs> I'm telling you, this has been... This has been the best part of the pandemic is, I mean, it sounds weird to say, Uh, I've loved being able to see into people's homes and personal lives over Zoom chats and video chats. More importantly, I've loved seeing people's pets over the past 13 months. And I feel like I've become closer with Bowser.
8: Yeah. Bowser, what do you, how do you feel about that?
2: Bowser's a good boy all right all right Georgie, i'm sending you away right. i just i saw bowser on screen i figured it was a good time to cut over there carl Carney, episode 600 sponsored by your friends at siren records mchenry uh here we are in chicago we are heading out to rockford to talk to brennan from yes factory uh, nice to see, see you again
0: yeah no for sure it's been a while
2: uh so yes factory was here 300 episodes ago for the first time, Yes Factory was part of episode number 300, also episode 351. uh You guys, you were all momentum heading into the pandemic, but you've certainly kept busy. Uh, Bad Luck Charm was a few months ago.
0: Yeah, and, and we're just about to release uh, another single off of that album, uh, May 26th. So it's coming up soon. And we recorded an uh, entire uh, another record uh, during the pandemic, which is pretty cool too.
2: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, so you, we should have two records coming out this year.
2: So you, you didn't feel any stalling of creative momentum. You you kind of you still had the spark?
0: No, we we kept out it. All the all the energy that we had for uh wanting to play live shows and share our music with people, we just kinda like took it internally and just wrote a ton of songs and recorded them.
2: I love it. So Yes Factory is Rockford based. Uh you're at the UK in the beginning of twenty twenty. Uh tell us you and Ian Zander met at a party is that how you all came together
0: (laughs) yeah uh I was hanging out with a buddy and uh we were just kind of bumming around Rockford and we I don't remember whose house it was to be honest we were both very drunk um and uh (laughs) so all good
2: stories start yeah like this we
0: wandered into somebody's house and uh uh, Ian just happened to be one of the people hanging out there I didn't know who he was um there's maybe like five six people there it was kind of dingy party but i mean cool because we met ian but we just uh, me and my buddy we played some of our songs that we've been writing and uh ian uh showed us some of his and then we just started hanging out like the next day and then basically like that we were like uh i don't know we we're just really good friends hung out all the time played music all the time
2: and and at, at yes factory's peak there are like 10 of you on stage what's that when, when you're all together aren't there like 10 of you on stage together
0: <laughs> Our live show has has seven people. Yeah, we have uh, Emily and Sarah on violin, and uh, Hannah recently just joined. Uh, she was just doing uh, like some duet stuff with Ian and uh, doing harmonies, but uh, she actually has three songs on the next record that we're releasing. Well, two records from now.
2: Yeah, she's great, and she was uh, on the previous two yes Fa- yes factory appearances in Carlin Carney. Yeah. So I, I, we were emailing back and forth earlier. What was the name of that that water park in Rockford?
0: It was a, called Magic Waters. That's what it what it used to be called. That's and it. Magic Waters. Do you remember the song?
2: What's that? Magic
0: Waters is. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You. I there was <laughs> uh,
2: there was a ride there that people legitimately were like paralyzed by, and I remember I okay. I heard yeah. these stories after I went on that water slide. It was the okay. most horrifying coaster ride anything I've ever been on in my life.
0: I thought it was fantastic i remember i have so many fond memories as a kid boiling with her twice but um i thought it was like the tallest ride ever and the fact that you like rode a conveyor belt like on a tube like at like a like a 45 degree angle all the way to the top hundreds of feet in the air so exciting
2: Uh, i remember feeling submerged like waterboarding submerged a couple (laughs) times on that ride
0: (laughs) it definitely threw you around a lot there's ian you got a lot better lighting than i do
2: I, see, I was wondering if Ian was going to show up. I saw him pop in on the comments earlier when Scott Lucas of Local H was on. And I'm like, is Ian just going to pop in on the comments or is he actually going to be part of the interview? But he's here. What's up, Ian? Oh, he's out of here.
0: Oh, I guess he's leaving.
2: <laughs> he's
0: Buckle up. I wonder if he knows that he can hear us.
2: I think he was waiting to hear us on the Bluetooth.
0: Yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah we can hear you. We can hear you now. Hi, guys.
2: <laughs> uh, we were just talking about that water park in Rockford where I, I swear to God I almost died. Uh, the, Magic
0: Waters. That's right? it.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: And you're right. It was, James, it was the Splash Master or Splash Blaster. Splash Blaster, or Spl- yeah. Something like that. Did she you ever go the in? That's when you bend over and the big
8: thing goes, like it can rupture a part of the insides. and No, no. You're talking about the one you slide down and you can almost yeah. fly off of it.
2: Yeah,
0: it was like a conveyor belt. And then it just, boom, dropped you.
2: Yeah. And then, then Yeah, you, you bounce around, and there was one point where I swear to God, it was like being submerged. It was like Guantanamo being waterboarded. Yeah, you can't
8: get up. It's got like this whirlpool thing that happens at the very end of it, and you can't get up if you're too Wait, frail oh. like I am.
2: I don't remember this. You are delicate.
8: I'm a delicate flower, and I will go under and not come back up. For
2: See, sure. Brennan and I were talking. My experiences in Rockford are... They're sad, really. They're that, and going to see Kiss a few years ago. That's all I know about Rockford. So I, I think I'm overdue for a proper Rockford visit.
0: We, we gotta take you on a night on Laytown. Yeah, because you've only hit Sad and Kiss, which is middle. That's normal.
8: Rockford is Sad, and Kiss is the highest. So we gotta take you to like our our dark, dirty places.
2: Yeah, like the the cool divy restaurants. So Brendan was saying, Ian, you guys have been productive. There's there's a ton of new stuff coming up.
8: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've been working real hard during the pandemic. Trying to get a couple of records in the can so when there's shows again, we can, you know, have something something good for everybody.
2: A question I have for independent artists a lot. You've been trickling singles throughout your your time together. The idea of putting singles out a la carte versus putting out a proper album or waiting for a proper album it's i don't know that there's one sure surefire formula either way and i think everyone's still trying to figure out what the best approach is oh, at
8: did figure it out and i want to be doing what she did she released the single a single a single and had the record in the can and all the singles did really well and then off off the record one i like that idea also ash that uh north ireland band they- oh, yeah um, pretty much an album's they release a single with a demo and like a live version of every track until they have a record out so that gives them so much artwork that they can put out to people and it's collect them all kind of pokemon thing with music and record releases
0: i think that's and, yeah no i i totally agree um and plus like you can give more attention to giving each song like the attention that you want to give it I don't know if I want to say the attention it deserves. We think it, it deserves it, but that's, that's our opinion. But I, mean, no, I, when I you love were... your
2: sound. I love your sound. I, I love the melodies, the, the songwriting, the, the instruments. In fact, what, what kind of guitar is that behind you, Brennan?
0: Oh, this is the first acoustic guitar that I ever owned. Uh, it's like an Ibanez, and it's, uh, it's zebra wood. You can only tune five of the strings on it. Well, no, you actually fixed it, Ian. I, I forgot I fixed that thing. You did fix it. Yeah, you put a tuning peg on it.
2: And it's made from an actual zebra?
0: Um, Yeah, yeah they, they, they flay it. I think that's the right <laughs> word. They flay it and that's then the they, right word. they put laminate on it and they press it
2: down. I love it. All right, so when can we expect this this heralded new music?
0: Well, the 26th of May, you will hear our next song uh, looking glass off of the it's a single off of our next record Um, the rest of the record should follow within the following months Um, and then later on this year early next year we'll be dropping the second record which i'm i'm really excited about the second record
2: personally this is an especially prolific period for yes factory yeah i love it all right brendan and ian thank you for checking in great to see you guys i'm glad you're healthy and creatively busy and keeping at it
8: Thanks. I saw you had Scott Lucas on the show.
2: I uh, Yeah, he, he had a, a much worse connection from the car than you have.
8: I know. I, I saw it, and it was kind of shaky, but um, I, I thought that I recognized him, and I posted a picture of me and Scott giving each other a hug. And when I posted the picture, I looked at the picture right then and there with my, my lady friend sitting next to me, and he made the exact same face that was, he was making in the car, and it freaked her out a little bit. <laughs> but it just looked like the picture and him right next to each other one Doing same. Uh,
2: Scott, scott's a cool dude and he's he's an innovative guy he's a tremendous songwriter i spent 20 20 years thinking that he hated me he, he was always a tough dude to get a read on
8: very but you know like he, i thought he hated me too and when we are my past band asked if we could open up for them um he was like Oh yeah, of course. Why not? That'd be great. And he turned into a totally different. Like in my, opinion, I thought he was totally standoffish, and he all of a sudden opened right up to. Oh, you guys do music too? Hands of the Bible, man.
2: Click. <laughs> high five, Nux. All right. high five, Nux. Hands on the Bible. <laughs> all right, Ian and Brennan. Uh, next time I see you, it's going to be in Rockford. It should Ta- be.
0: Let's let's do it within the next few weeks.
2: Tacos Tac- or whatever, 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 you, whatever's <laughs> custom in your country. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I love it. All right. Thank you you guys for coming on. Hey, thanks. Brennan and Ian from Yes Factory. It is Carcon Carne, episode number 600. Uh, We're going to do something really exciting right now, something I've been excited about for a little bit. Uh, We're going to do a bathroom break. I'll be back in about three minutes here. It's Carcon Carne. As long as it takes
6: me to run to the bathroom and run back, uh, it is bathroom break time on Carcon Carne.